At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Uh. Check it out now. Uh. No doubt now. Uh. Wednesday morning, January 2nd, Check 2019. It, it is the Beating the Book Podcast Wild Card Weekend. Gil Alexander. Four games. That's how it works. Wild Card Week. Uh, should be a great week in the National Football League. And as always, to help us to navigate the spreads, the totals, and whatever betting vehicles they'll be using, on my right, from wagertalk.com, 39 years in the business. Is that right? Marco D'Angelo. Good morning, Marco. That is correct, and apparently a prima donna, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was introducing Marco to our esteemed guest today uh, as a prima donna, and uh, that was completely uh, accurate of me, if I if I may just say so. so uh, no, it's the one day of the year that I we had to rebook on a Wednesday, and so Marco has a busy Wednesday. So apparently Marco has to get out of here at a certain time. On my left, out of the sports betting diaspora, still looking for the Kansas City Chiefs to fall flat on their face. It's Ace. All right, yeah, th- they've already fallen every time they stepped up in competition. They got slapped back down. I don't understand this. They, they three times they stepped up. All three times they got slapped. New England, Rams, may I remind you? You beat up on the Raiders a couple times. Look at that schedule that they've had. Come on. Granted, now they have a road. Hopefully they make it to the Super Bowl so they run into the New Orleans Saints or a team like that. We know what happens when they face the elite. We've already seen it happen throughout the season. So please. Let's be on our best behavior today, gentlemen. It is a special show because today the winner of our year-long Score X Beating the Book podcast pool contest is on the show. Uh, He ended up with 40.1% profit. 40.1% profit. uh, Went by the tag profitable, not spelled uh, E-T, but profitable, sort of a melding of profit and profit, if you will. Profit as in the seer and profit as in money being made. Uh, Beat his next closest competitor, Liam Converse, who we've interacted with on Twitter for many years, Liam Converse, 35.9%. So quite a gap in the end between Profitable's 40.1% and Liam Converse's 35.9%. Shout out to Jay Bags or Jay Bags it is. I don't know how you pronounce that. 35.6%. He thought he might be able to uh, get the crown. Those were the top three. Top Schleff, Mev Kids, fourth and fifth. But it is Profitable. His name is Greg Dieter from Rochester, New York. And uh, what's your Twitter, Greg? Tweeter underscore Dieter1, correct? That is me. Welcome to the show. Really appreciate you doing this, and congratulations. Thanks, Gil. See you, Marco. A Gil. Thanks for having me on the show today. It is a huge pleasure. Big fan of the podcast. I've uh, been listening for quite some time. I think it's the best sports gambling podcast out there. So really just thrilled to have the opportunity to be here and talk about some wild card games with you guys. You're very kind to say that. We appreciate it. Let me just ask you before we get into the games, 40.1% profit. This is the stock market thing that I've been talking about for years on the show. What would you say if you could distill it into, I don't know, just a brief sort of synopsis? What was your strategy 
Was there any general strategy that you could even fall back on, or was it just the fact that you ended up picking good teams to get in on and get out of at the right times? Uh, yeah, I mean, there were definitely a couple of things that I, I consistently reminded myself throughout the season to remain disciplined. Uh, basically looking at markets from a value standpoint and understanding that the one thing that we do know about the market is that it's going to fluctuate. And kind of maybe this is a Markoism that I've learned over the years from following you guys. Is that no team's ever going to look as good as they do at their best, and no team's really as bad as they look at their worst. Uh, unless you're talking about the Jaguars this year, but um, <laughs> really just trying to, to make profitable trades rather than necessarily looking at, at teams for the whole season and kind of balancing the, the cash balance or the buying power with the amount of teams that I'm invested in so that I can be flexible. Marco, he won the ScoreX podcast pool by employing some of your Marcoisms. How does that make you feel? That makes me warm and fuzzy for sure. <laughs> Mark, Marco might even stick around for an extra five minutes because of that today. That's how good that feels. That's great. Um, were you worried at all, Greg, towards the end? I noticed that with about three weeks left, two weeks left, your gap, your your margin uh, in terms of the distance between you and the second-place player shrunk a little bit. Did you get worried at any point there? Yeah, I was a little worried. I felt the pressure coming, uh, you know, when you were updating the, the standings weekly. So felt a little pressure there. But actually, uh, with a few weeks left, I was moving a lot into to cash. So I was selling out of a lot of my positions because this was the big prize here, getting on the podcast with you guys. So I wanted to make sure that I – I held the regular season lead, and I was almost at about 70% in just free cash, uh, not invested in any teams at that point. So kind of rebalancing. Do you have a Wall Street background at all? No, but actually, so uh, I work in real estate, so familiar with the real estate market. In the last two years, I've actually uh, gotten super interested in the financial market. So I've spent some time uh, trying to do my best to learn about that crazy world. Um, so yeah, definitely a, a lot of carryover from the different markets. Uh, used to, to gamble a little bit, you know, as an amateur on sports. And um, it, it really is interesting, the carryover that you see between the different markets. So bringing a, a market perspective to the NFL season was pretty awesome. I, I'm glad it was a great experience for you. Uh, really impressive. 40.1%. Again, that's at the Score X. The Score X is an app. It's this uh, secret stock market thing that I've been talking about for years on the show. Our first foray into making it into a public thing. What was the team that was the most profitable for you, would you say, during the season? And what was the team or teams? And maybe maybe this is not even the proper question, but what was the team that threatened to sort of derail you at any point? I, it's hard to say who I made. Uh, you know, the most headway with, because really each team I was kind of in and out of probably throughout the season, almost every team, but I'd say the Eagles, teams that you saw some of those ups and downs, uh, trying to stay level-headed and buy when the price was right and, and sell when, when I saw things getting a little overvalued. Uh, and certainly in terms of getting derailed early on, I lost quite a bit of money on the Jaguars. Uh, and something that made me learn from that is kind of your first loss can be your best loss. So really getting out of them when they were just sliding down uh, not waiting for it to possibly bounce back because uh, apparently things did just get worse for them. It's fascinating. The first year I did it, I lost. No, the first year I won a little, and then the second year I lost. And I remember telling those who ran it, I was like, you know what? I learned more losing than I did my winning year. And the third year I made out like gangbusters, and I was the number one player. Good for you. Congratulations. Let's talk some wild card games, Greg. Uh, and let's begin with the first game chronologically on Saturday. I'm not sure we've ever seen a better 5-6 combination than the Chargers and the Colts in the AFC. Let's start it out with the number 6-seeded Colts against the number 3-seeded Houston Texans. These two teams finished one game apart in the AFC South. Texans win the division. Colts, though, a tremendous, well, both of these teams really, uh, a tremendous trajectory to their season the Texas won the AFC South after winning 11 of 13. They started out 0-3. They end up winning 11 of 13. The Colts start 1-5, win 9 of 10. The line here is 1 now in favor of the Houston Texans. It did open at 3. It's interesting in both of these Saturday games, and we'll get to the Seahawks and Cowboys in a bit, but both of these started at 3. There's a lot of love here for the road teams Almost to the point now, and I did tease all the road teams that are three-point dogs or in that in that neighborhood, the Chargers being the other one on Sunday, but 
it just seems to me that in these Saturday games, Houston and Dallas getting so little love, just anecdotally from people around me. In fact, I haven't heard one person that I know say they like the Texans in this game. I'm curious if you think the pendulum has swung too much on this game. How do you feel total here now? The highest on the board, 49. This got up to 49 at Pinnacle this morning. Colts and Texans. Greg, we start with you, sir. All right. Well, thanks for letting me start off. And and really, this is the game where I kind of had the weakest feel for. I feel like these two teams, as you said, their trajectories, I was looking at Indy winning nine of their last 10, Houston winning 11 of their last 13 after starting 0-3. So really, uh, two teams who have been getting it done in the win-loss column recently. Uh, but looking back at their seasons, their two games that they played earlier both decided by three points. And for that reason, I actually am on the Houston team Um and, and I saw the total at 47 and a half. It must have been a little earlier in the week. So I was looking at over that total. Um, but taking the home team, just uh, based on the, the value there and understanding um, that this game could really go either way. Interesting in the sense that the Colts got here Sunday night. Uh, they knew they couldn't win the division at that point. Win and they were in the playoffs. They knew that much. Marcus Mariota, by the way, just side note for the Titans, ends up not having surgery on neck or foot issues it almost to me seems like he's getting a free pass like we'd kill other quarterbacks for not having played in that game Mike Vrabel Titans head coach looked a little uncomfortable talking about it afterwards looks like he was a little annoyed nonetheless Colts get it done sort of kept the Titans in the game with a signature Andrew Luck pick that was a pick six uh, that kept the Titans in after the Colts had taken a 14 and nothing lead but really if you look at that game utter domination in fact at one point and I'm trying to find the exact number here by the way the 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 Achilles for the Colts they were flagged 12 times for 96 yards in that game they got to clean that up but Luck ended up shredding a Tennessee defense that came in as the NFL's number two scoring defense gave up just 18 points a game and six against the pass but they were without a couple defensive uh, players Jarrell Casey Brian Arakpo who subsequently retired that more than made up for the Colts loss of their center Ryan Kelly so the Colts are in they are a live dog and they are a team the proverbial team that no one wants to face well, you know, I agree. Nobody wants to face them because Andrew Luck's having a sensational season. We didn't know what to expect from Andrew Luck coming in off of missing an entire season. A new coaching regime, everything going there. Nobody figured the Colts would be as good as they were. And as you pointed out, 9-1 and one to finish the season out. What's been a the bigger surprise to me, one, you know, in any other season, the numbers that Luck's put up this year – he would be, you know, considered an MVP type season. But you've got a season where you got Mahomes and Breeze, what they've done, and then throw in Rivers, and you know, you forget about him. But this has been an incredible year for him. But what I'm surprised about with the Colts is the biggest surprise is the defense. This is a team that you know come in never known for their defense. Number ten this season in points allowed at 21.5, and number 13 in yards per play. Uh, that has been the biggest improvement I've seen on this team and makes you wonder just really how bad you know the previous coach with Pagano really was. Houston on the flip side, guys, 11-2, and two, as you said, those two losses both were by three and two points, so kind of hard to ignore them. I agree with you, Gil, that the uh, teaser here on Indianapolis looks like the only way to go. I see this as a tight game. The total's gone up from 47 to 49. I think there's value in the under because as surprising as Indianapolis's defense has been, Houston has a good defense as well. They're number four in points allowed at 19.7 and number nine at yards per play. Given this is a playoff game, both of the first two games were close. Uh, you had, you know, the first game, uh, if you remember that one, that was the overtime game and the, the crazy decision uh, by uh, Frank Wright to uh, mm-hmm. go in the you know give basically give Houston that game. Uh, I think the unders the play. I will have teasers on Indy, but I think the safer bet in this game is under 49. I think you're just see a little more conservative of a game plan uh, in this one that playoff atmosphere. And I just think 49 is too high. The public's looking at the two scores, and you know you say Andrew Luck, you automatically think offense. I think the value's in the under. Yeah, Warren Sharp on uh, numbers game on VEASAN this morning with me leaned under on this game as it was rising during the show, 249 at Pinnacle. You bring up a great point. I'm contractually obligated to mention that that first game, obviously, 
if uh, Frank Reich doesn't go for it there and they end up with a tie, Frank Reich going for it in their own territory against the Texans, Texans then stopping the play, needing only one play to get themselves in a field goal position to win that game in overtime. But if there's a tie in that game, the Colts win the division and not the Texans. Obviously, that's a lot of ifs between then and now. But if you just change that one outcome, that's what happens. And those of us who have 8-1 to one Colts winning the AFC South tickets... Would have cashed. No bitterness there. Uh, but that brings up a, a point about Houston, though, Ace, which is it wasn't only that game. The phrase that I've used for the Texans all year long is that they had Jedi mind-tricked other coaches. Frank Reich into going for it in his own territory in overtime. The next week, getting Jason Garrett to punt in overtime in Texans territory. There was a game against the Bills, which they had no business winning, which they got a pick six on late and then a subsequent pick. Uh, There was the Vance Joseph game, where Vance Joseph decided to kick a 60-some yard field goal late in the first half. Again, the Texans turned that right into a field goal of their own. They ended up winning the game by less than a field goal. There were so many instances of that for the Texans this year and I'm leaving out a couple, where it was as if the other coach was under a spell, the opposing coach. So it's been a magical year in that respect for the Texans. It does then, though, follow that you would say to yourself, all right, playoff game. They are facing a team like the Colts. These are obviously the teams, as we mentioned, that have come in on the biggest runs into the playoffs. What are you buying here? Or is this a game that if it were in the middle of a regular Sunday, you would steer clear of entirely? Real quickly, I just want to throw out there, I have not placed a single bet on any of these NFL wild card games, and we're four days away from the Sunday game, so I just don't want to hear, oh, you, you like Dallas and you gave out Seattle as your biggest bet. You're giving us both sides to scam us. I don't want to hear that shit. I'm just telling you now I haven't placed a bet. But I could tell you what I like right now, and more importantly, I wanted to add, be very, very, very cautious reading into line moves in the playoffs early on because I can tell you this from experience over the last three or four seasons every single group that I provide accounts for has never bet a playoff game prior to the weekend into the real accounts and what I mean by that is when I get on-screen accounts if someone hands me an account that's a Chris account a penny account something like that that's on screen I don't even take a percentage of those I don't want anything to do with those I hand those off because I know 90% of the shit they put in there is all dummy plays. All little middles they work and everything to try to manipulate the market. Almost nothing real goes in those accounts. And I don't want to try to guess, so I don't even take a percentage of those. So be very cautious as far as line movements go. Granted, they get out ahead of the market on a lot of these moves. But with that said, the real positions, the strong ones, the, the sides they're really taking and not just taking picking off numbers – come later, believe it or not. And it makes sense because a lot of these lines get knocked out of whack. There's so much public money involved. Now, with Indianapolis-Houston, you're going to get good two-way action for the books. It's going to be interesting to see if the betting syndicates actually do get involved because it does look like they took Indianapolis. But I can tell you, I saw nothing to support that other than taking the the right side of the plus three, expecting this line to go down, um, and getting out ahead of that move. That's all they did. And the reason for that is these two teams play very tight. If you look, over the last six times, only one game was it, you know, by more than six points was the final outcome. They know each other well. They play each other extremely tight. It's usually a, a coin toss at the end. Um, so it, it kind of makes sense to get the best side of the three, but I wouldn't consider that a, a real position. But I, I do agree there with Marco also. You know, that line's going up as far as the over, uh, but I would not conclude that, oh, that's, they're just steaming that over, you know, and expect a lot of points. Finally, I made my line for this game uh, Houston two and a half. So, you know, it, it's right at that number. I, I honestly don't really see much value either way. I would have to get information that to push me on one direction or another so i don't want to take up you know more of the listeners times i really yeah this game's a coin toss man and i think the number's where it should be okay makes sense i will tell people that the only thing that i did um so far is when the seahawks and the chargers were both at three at bookmaker i immediately seven point teased them both so i got the seahawks and the chargers uh plus 10 i did make a bet on the chargers as well at plus three Uh, That's what I've done so far. I usually start out the wild card show every year, gentlemen, and I kind of buried this uh, this year, but I'll mention it now, which is that typically during the regular season, 
not typically, but by the numbers, since 1978, as far as the databases go back, the spread matters just 17% of the time. So roughly 82.8% of the time, nearly 83% of the time, underdogs win outright or favorites win and cover in the process. So only 17% of the time do favorites win but not cover. In the playoffs, that number of 17%, where the spread actually matters, decreases. And in wild card weekend, it's at its lowest. 89.8% of the time, so almost 90% of the time, 9 out of 10 times, the spread does not matter. So if you pick a winner, in other words, you'll more than likely win anyway. So the spread becomes immaterial. Now, as it so happens on Saturday, we have one spread that's down to as low as one in certain spots on the Colts and the Texans. Same thing with the Seattle-Dallas game. So to use the French phrase, it's fait accompli that that wild card stat that I just gave is going to manifest anyway on Saturday in both games might very well happen in the two-and-a-half-point spread on the Chargers in Baltimore as well. So it's already baked into it this week, if you will. This game between Seattle and Dallas. Marco, we'll start with you here. Dallas, inexplicably, Jason Garrett, he does rest Zeke, and he does rest a couple offensive linemen. But Dak plays the whole game against the Giants, and they beat the Giants in dramatic fashion on a Dak to Cole Beasley touchdown. What a catch by Beasley it was. I did wonder, though, watching that game, how curious of a decision that was. It worked out for Dallas. Van Der Esch got a shin bruise. Could have been worse. Could have really been an egg on the face of the Cowboys. But it was very peculiar because the Cowboys acted like they won the Super Bowl. It was the weirdest thing in the world. It had no bearing on their number four seed here in the NFC. They get it done. By the way, it should be mentioned because no one else is. They also improved the Giants' draft position and weakened theirs in the process, side note. But that was curious, for sure. Seattle, on the other hand, they just have to beat Arizona. They're in the playoffs anyway, so it was just a seeding situation for Seattle. They barely squeak by the Cardinals. Now, this is Seattle at Dallas. Part and parcel with what I was saying earlier about Indianapolis-Houston, how I'm wondering if there's just a little too much love on these road dogs. Home road splits is something that I've talked about all year. Seattle's 4-4 four and four on the road straight up. Dallas was 7-1 and one straight up at home. By the way, Indianapolis, same thing, 4-4 four and four on the road. Houston was 6-2 and two straight up at home. Home road splits have never been more relevant than they are this year. How do you see this game? And let me just mention, the total here is at 43 now. This opened at 41.5, got all the way up to 44. Uh, I had Krakenberger and Sharp on my show on VEASAN this morning. They were all about the over, and now it's come down to 42.5 at Pinnacle, so it's a chance to bet it over again if you are so inclined. How do you feel about this game, Marco? Well, um, indifferent on the total, but the side here, I do think Seattle's getting too much love in this game. Uh, We know what Seattle, this has been an incredible job, and honestly, Pete Carroll should have consideration for Coach of the Year with what he's done with the roster. You go back to week one and you look at the roster that they put out there to what they had before it was a skeleton of what they had and for him to get this team to the playoffs uh credit him and credit russell wilson for putting this team on their back but you look at what they're doing and what they've done is this is a team that you know is living with the ground game they led the league at 160 yards per game uh running the football um what that do? Well, that improves their defense because their defense is not on the field for as many plays when you can control the clock in uh, time of possession like that. Uh, also, you know, it wears teams down. But I look at the competition that Seattle's played this year, and I really believe they have faced one of the weakest schedules in the NFL. These two met early in the season. You've got to completely throw that game out because Dallas was not the roster that they are now. And what was different? Well, one player. And that one player changed everything on this team on all sides of the football. When they added Amari Cooper, it increased the running game for Zeke Elliott because now they've got to respect the pass. They also, it gives Dak somebody to throw to. It improved Dak's game. It also improved the defense because now this offense was staying on the field longer. Teams were, you know, daring them to throw the football. And if they clogged it up and they had a three and out, that defense was right back out there. That's not the case anymore. I like the Cowboys in this spot. Uh, Dallas is the best defense that Seattle will have faced in the last eight weeks. Uh, Dallas is good against the run. 
I think they can slow down this 160-yard per game offense of Seattle. And then Russell Wilson, which I'm not saying he can't because this guy is amazing, would have to carry the team with his arm and with his legs. And that's always a possibility. But I like Dallas, and I think that move by Jason Garrett last week, I just think he wants to keep a winning attitude going. Um, You saw what happened last year with the Rams, took the last week off and then they couldn't turn it back on in their first playoff game. I think the coaches, some of the you know guys are seeing that and staying with momentum uh, because if you look, and when we get to the Charger game, I was just pulling what little hair I had out left that the Chargers had their players in as late <laughs> as they did when Kansas City was you know, just blowing out the Raiders. So I'm on Dallas here, uh, but I do think that you know getting it to you know over the touchdown as far as the teaser – obviously is attractive based on the history of these two teams playing close games and the fact that we're looking at a very low total. Yeah, I mean, that's what I did. Uh, And you're right, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, Tom Brady was in there against the Jets. They were up big in that game, kept him in. I'm just tired of this whole, like, Neanderthal, see defense, beat defense, see offense, stop offense. It's almost as if a scoreboard and 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 a clock doesn't exist with some of these games, and there's no tactical thinking. Uh, just to put in a college game, the Ohio State UW Rose Bowl yesterday. Ohio State wouldn't run the play clock below 15 seconds, and they were running plays yesterday within six minutes, like six different times. Like, is there any thought of context, any thought of winning a football game? And then, by the way, Chris Peterson calls timeout and punts. Ohio State comes back, throws an incomplete pass just to stop the clock. Hey, in case you messed up yourself, we'll help you out anymore. Like, I just, I can't take it anymore with coaches. I almost think we give everybody too much credit the way they coach these games. It's just a brain dead. Anyway, just me ranting. Mark. Are you trying to tell me I didn't have the right side with Washington yesterday? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I should mention Cowboys won their seventh and eighth games uh, when they beat the Giants, so they're on a seven and one streak headed into the postseason. And the Seahawks, uh, despite having trouble with the Cardinals, they win their six, uh, the sixth in their final seven games as they head into the postseason. Ace, your thoughts here. Yeah, I, listen, I made Seattle, actually. I thought Seattle should go in favored in the Dallas. You know, small favor, maybe about a one-point favor, but I, I did not see why Dallas would, would come out um, as the favor. But more importantly, it got bet up to two and a half. Um, that, to me, was a little bit surprising. Uh, here's what I don't like about Dallas. Actually, what I've seen the last couple weeks, and that's not running the football. I mean, the last three weeks, 22 rushes against Indianapolis, 24 against Tampa, 22 against the New York Giants. That's not Dallas football. Um, on the flip side, Seattle's been – they've changed everything. And, and I think you got to credit Brian Schottenheimer for all of that. He has saved Wilson's career. This year marks his lowest pass attempts, 427, his fewest since the second year he was in the league. And then on top of that, he's only rushed for a career-low 67 attempts. Um, Usually you think that's a bad thing because they they depend on Russell Wilson so much, but it's everyone else has had to step up. And and the one running back no one's talking about is Chris Carson. I mean, six games with 100-plus rushing yards. Only other guys to do that, Barkley, Elliott, Gurley, and James Conner. And yet Carson's a guy no one's talking about. Um, I really do think this Seattle team's better than actually they're getting credit for. Um, where Dallas on the flip side, you know, listen, I I'm, I'm, wasn't all that impressed with Dallas from the beginning of the year. If you look at all their wins, um, they were all coin flips. I mean, everything was a, a one-possession win pretty much. You look over the last six, seven weeks, uh, you know, they haven't been blowing anyone out. Um, so for me, I think Seattle could stay in this game from start to finish. I agree. You throw out that, that September game, it means nothing. But the way they've been protecting the football, only four turnovers over the last eight weeks, never more than one in a game. You do that, you win football games, man. It doesn't matter who you play. And I just like the way Seattle's playing right now. Again, I haven't bet this game, um, but I like Seattle in it. And I'll tell you what, on a neutral field, I make Seattle a field goal favorite, at least, over the Dallas Cowboys. Um, So I think even with this line 
dropping now from that high we saw earlier in the week, two and a half, I still think there's value on Seattle. So right. for me, it's Seattle or nothing at all. And I agree with the over as well. I think it's a little bit too low um, at 42 and a half. I was surprised they brought it out that low. All right. Oppo on the side. Thank goodness there's other betting vehicles like totals or teasers and that kind of thing. You are not required to bet these ATS. If there's anything I try to do on a numbers game, it's try to break people out of that construct of ATS. This is a great example of some of these games. Seattle at Dallas. Uh, keep in mind, by the way, Chris Carson, since you bring him up, Ace, 122 yards and a touchdown versus Arizona. But Russell Wilson was sacked six times in that game. they got to clean that up. And Seattle had a three and out on five straight offensive possessions. Uh, starting in the middle of the second quarter through the middle of the third. So they really, uh, that was not an impressive game. They got to bounce back from that. Starting quarterback Shaquille Griffin, he left in the first half with a twisted right ankle injury, did not return, did not practice yesterday, Tuesday. So keep an eye on Shaquille Griffin's injury for sure. Doug Baldwin also missed practice yesterday, but he should play. He said, I think when it comes down to it is nobody wanted to play in Chicago. We wanted to play in Dallas in a dome. Doug Baldwin, very uh, honest about that. Greg Dieter, profitable, 40.1% portfolio profit. What do you think about this game? So yeah, piggybacking on a couple of things that you guys said, I was definitely looking at the home road split here, uh, seeing with Seattle at 4-4 four and four on the road. And even though they've a lot of these teams have had some momentum coming into the playoffs, uh, going 6-1 and one for Seattle, five of those wins were in Seattle. Uh, but definitely like them with the teaser, like you guys were saying. Teasing Seattle, teasing that dog. Uh, there seems to be some value there. I, I like K.J. Wright coming back into that lineup. I think putting him next to Bobby Wagner adds a speed element to that defense. Uh, I think they're going to be pretty sound on that side of the ball. But, uh, again, with these close games, it might it makes a, a fun weekend to watch, maybe a little tough to, to bet, ATS. Um, so Seattle with the teaser, but if I did have to take it ATS, I think I'd be on the Cowboys. At two, two and a half. It's a great way to say it, though. If, if you're forced to bet ATS, that's the thing that people should take away more than anything, at least, uh, I think, on these Saturday games, and even into Sunday. A brief reminder that support for today's show, as always, comes from Bookmaker.eu. Bookmaker.eu, an industry leader for close to 30 years. Pro players consider them a must because their first to post odds take the highest limits and pride themselves on never having kicked out a winning player. There is nothing more important than that fact right there. Bookmaker is a high-volume sports book. It's best suited for the sophisticated player who understands sports betting, but also large recreational players cater to them as well. And Bookmaker's motto, as it's always been, is where the lines originate because chances are your sports book follows their line. And right now, again, if you visit bookmaker.eu slash gill, that's bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L, right before the NFL playoffs and the championship game in college football this Monday night, join right now. You claim an exclusive 100% welcome bonus of up to $300. That's bookmaker.eu slash G-I-L-L. To join and claim your welcome bonus of up to $300, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't know where I'd be without Bookmaker. Just the best betting experience out there you'll find out once you sign up as well let's go to sunday chargers are at baltimore that's the early game on sunday chargers 12 and 4 fifth seed oh what could have been what could have been but you know what the chargers on the road as a dog from a betting standpoint a lot of opportunities with them i'm heavily invested in them with futures in the afc primarily uh but i like them on the road uh, some people thought the Chargers should be favored in this game. John Murray over at the Westgate, he was surprised that the Chargers weren't favored. I guessed that the Chargers would be three-point dogs. That's, in fact, what it was. That because Baltimore had just gone in to L.A. and beaten the Chargers 22-10 to very recently. Uh, Chargers get by the Broncos on Sunday. Phillip Rivers completed 14 passes, a game they didn't need once Kansas City started stomping on the Raiders in their game. But the Chargers have won six straight on the road. They were 7-1 and one away from home this year. Their only road loss uh, to the Rams back in September. No shame in that. And Baltimore is in this on the heels of Lamar Jackson's 6-1 and one run. Lamar Jackson, you talk about saving somebody's job. Lamar Jackson saving John Harbaugh's job. Baltimore staves off a furious Baker Mayfield comeback and drive late to clinch the AFC North. Sorry, Marco. The Steelers, and that was a great shot, by the way, when they were showing the Steelers after they got by the Bengals in their game, looking up at the Jumbotron, watching that final drive. That was great drama. Didn't happen for the Steelers. That's a whole nother subject with all their drama with Le'Veon and 
Antonio Brown, and that team needs a whole makeover. They don't get the tie at night either to get uh, them in the postseason. So it's the Ravens here, AFC North champs hosting the Chargers, the proverbial team you do not want to play in the playoffs. Ace, we start with you here. Baltimore by 2.5 right now, total at 41.5. Yeah, and I've been really high on on the Chargers all year. It's just having to travel on the road and and to Baltimore, this is not a good spot for them. Now, when they played in earlier December, it was another situation which was not a good spot for the Chargers. If you remember, um, it was kind of a sandwich game. They were coming off a a win at Kansas City by one point in that phenomenal finish. Um, They were playing Baltimore at home, and then they had Denver on deck. Uh, So it wasn't a great spot for the Chargers, and it was a pretty good spot for Baltimore. I mean, they had played Tampa the week prior. It was a pretty easy game. They won. Um, So, I mean, it was a better spot for Baltimore, even though they had to travel there and get the win. And the way they did it was simple. They ran the football 35 times for 160 yards and forced two turnovers. Uh, Actually, one fumble and two interceptions. So three turnovers and were plus two in that ratio. So, I mean, when you do that, you're going to win. And that's the one thing with um, the the Chargers, they just haven't been protecting the football of late. Uh, you look, they've had nine turnovers over their last three games. And to me, that's a little bit troubling. And more importantly, Baltimore is the one team that's just so overlooked um, and, and really, I think, disrespected in today's NFL because of the way they get it done. You're not supposed to be able to win football games in 2019 not throwing the football. And, I mean, since uh, Jackson's taken over, uh, Brown and Crabtree have never had more than 50 yards, even though they had five games under Flacco with 50-plus yards. And then you look at all his other targets, Andrews, Sneed, nothing. I mean, none of them had more than five catches in a single game since he's taken over. And yet they're winning football games. So it's like everybody says we're okay with this, and I love that. Um do what you do best, and that's running the football. And I think you're going to see a heavy dose of that on Sunday, and I'm not too sure uh, San Diego is going to be able to handle it. Because you look at San Diego's defense, granted, good, and even against the run it looks that way. But that's against teams that did not run on them. I mean, other than Baltimore and Cincinnati, no one else even tried to run against San Diego. And when Cincinnati did try to run, they ran 33 times for 144 yards. They were successful running. Baltimore, they were successful running. I think that's how you beat San Diego. You keep that offense on the sideline. You you force them to press. That's when they turn the ball over. And you just control the football and keep running, running, running and force them to stop you. And to me, I think that's a recipe for winning in the playoffs. Hopefully it's cold in Baltimore. I like Baltimore, even though I made this line pretty much where it sits right now. So not much line value based on my numbers. I think the handicap, the situation sets up nicely. I like Baltimore to advance, man. And again, I I feel bad for San Diego. Um, This is another year where they're the pretty much the the second level you know i mean they're ready to take that next step and things just don't end up well they're playing a road wild card game instead of a home playoff game so for me i like baltimore here at home and were it not for a last second loss to the broncos at home in november it would be the chargers as the number one seed in the afc playoffs and earning a first round buy Uh, by the way hunter henry showing up for this game for the chargers melvin gordon in as well but hunter henry making his first appearance of the season Greg, what you got on this one? So, yeah, looking at this game, I mean, it's never going to be easy to go into Baltimore in a playoff situation like this and come out with a win. Uh, but, Gil, I'll be rooting for your ticket here. Thank with you. With the Chargers getting the points. Uh, looking back, this is actually a game. I rewatched their recent game, the recent matchup between these two teams. And, and seeing how the game was tight and seeing how it developed uh, with the Antonio Gates fumble in the fourth quarter that was returned for a touchdown to put Baltimore up 12. Uh, and then Rivers taking a deep shot and, and throw an interception in the end zone with about a minute and a half left. I think one of the keys here is going to be the Chargers' edge players. Recently playing that Baltimore team and, and seeing their offensive attack, hopefully that helps you know, with their eyes and the keys to try to decipher that run game and maybe can dictate how Baltimore plays offense as the game develops. And, and then we'll see uh, Lamar Jackson in a pressure situation having to complete a couple passes. So uh, I'm sure he can do it. He's certainly a threat even when they're throwing the ball, running, taking off and running. So a good matchup here, but I think the Chargers have a balanced uh, offense, defense, special teams that can can hopefully get them to win in this one. 
Greg, do you feel empty now that you don't have schedules to analyze anymore? Like remaining schedules for all these teams? I do, to be honest. Yeah, a lot of what I was doing was, you know, looking at two, three weeks in the future. Yeah. Uh, obviously, we can sit there, and a lot of things are going to change week to week, whether you win or you lose. But with these markets, it was it was trying to look down the road, set up certain, uh, you know, buys or sells to, to see what the future holds for these teams. So, yeah, it's slightly different looking at these playoff games. That's the whole game. The stock market game is schedule analysis. Marco, Chargers and Ravens Sunday morning. Yeah, guys, you look at this one, and, you know, Baltimore, you know, they keep doing it. It's ugly. But they get it done. And, yeah, that scene, uh, watching on the Jumbotron, <laughs> Sorry. I really thought Baker Sorry, was going to pull it out. Whenever, But it, it just blows my mind. Whenever they were, like, five yards away from field goal range, when they got that catch, uh, you know, and they got the rolling in their favor, they didn't make another yard. Oh. Four, four pass plays. You had a minute left <laughs> in the game. You could have ran the football somewhere in there. I'm laughing because it's totally derailed. I knew, I knew you would. Yeah. All they needed was the field goal. Oh. Right. Yeah. I mean, trust me, I didn't want it the season to come down to a, a Cleveland field goal kicker. <laughs> Believe yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, this has just been a horrible year for kickers. But uh, I don't know. And then as far as the Chargers go, and I alluded, what were they doing leaving everybody in that game as late as they did? Um, that was uh, I was on the Broncos. Uh, full disclosure, and uh, that cost me a seven and zero ticket in the the Nugget. That was my only loss uh, in the Nugget oh. this week. Are you in it, by the but, way? Or are you done? I was on the outskirts of just you know maybe sneaking into the top twenty, but uh, I needed that seven and zero, and we were like fortieth. But do you know how the last week is and. To go 7-0 and in the squirrely week 17, I can tell you I only had a couple uh, NFL plays. The rest of yeah. it was bowl games. How about, how, about uh, the guy, how about the guy who won the Super Contest, uh, Eric Cahane, who goes by Personal Gourmet, went 5-0 and week 17 to win the Super Contest, 70.2%, $1.4 million. Amazing. 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 Yeah. Uh, this one, this is what I'm going to go with on this one. And here's the thing. We've talked about Lamar Jackson and everything that he's done and how unorthodox the system is, but it's working. This is going to be the first time for something in this game. It is going to be the first time a team faces him for the second time. Now, you know, it's one thing to have game film against other teams, but now you've got game film against yourself. And I think the Chargers are going to have a better game plan uh, for Lamar Jackson. And I think that he is going to have to make some plays with his arm. And if they don't have a spy dedicated to him on every play, him. yeah, Anthony Lynn would be an idiot. Okay. You have to put one player on him every single play. And I think they're going to get the job done. Um, I know that, you know, Usually I like to take teams that keep winning ugly because the public, you're usually going to get value with them, and we're starting to see that because the money has gone to the Chargers. But I'm on the Chargers in this one. And, of course, just like the Seattle game, the one that I grabbed the uh, teaser on immediately was getting the Chargers over the touchdown. Yep, me too. You're talking about a team that's going to run the football, run the lights out of the football, even if they win. I'm looking at their margins of victory and generally it's not there to go over that touchdown. So that's where I'm at to make it short and sweet. And people, you know, everyone expecting at some point Lamar Jackson's going to have a bad game. You know it's coming. That's what a lot of people say. It's coming. Trust me. Well, we'll see if it comes in this particular game. Philadelphia-Chicago is the final of the four wild card games this weekend. It's the only one with a bigger spread than three. It's at six, five and a half, six, somewhere in that pocket in favor of the Chicago Bears, who made their own bed by deciding to beat the Minnesota Vikings, and therefore they end up with Nick Foles and the Eagles. This is one of these games where the total, by the way, is at 41 as well. Two really low totals on Sunday by today's NFL standards. I could totally see the Nick Foles magic run end with a big record scratch right here. Because there is a scenario here where I could see the Bears winning this by four touchdowns. Greg, what you got? Yeah, this game here at five and a half, six, like you were saying, it's not a number I'd love to play, uh, but the Bears do have my backing. Playing at home with that defense, uh, kind of looking at Philadelphia's season, 
uh, in what you were saying with Nick Foles, and, and we'll see how this all develops. But, yeah, uh, I'd like to look at this game, maybe live betting, see if I get a better number early on rather than taking the five and a half. Um, but that Bears team, uh, the way they're playing at home, hopefully that offense uh, can keep the ball moving, uh, keep the Eagles on their heels, and that defense should be able to close it out with a, a win for them. Nick Foles now 6-0 and in must-win games, filling in for Carson Wentz, including two this year. Stepped in for Wentz, uh, sidelined by a back injury. Wentz, of course, earlier this month guided Philadelphia to an upset on the road against the Rams as 13.5-point dogs. And then uh, the franchise record for yards passing in a game versus Houston. Oh, of course, and against the Redskins this week. Uh, how could I forget? Controlling the ball for 43 minutes and 19 seconds. So three this year, three last year. Marco, 30-year anniversary of the Fog Bowl, which was at Soldier Field. Bears beat the Eagles 20-12 to back in the day to get to the NFC Championship. How do you see this one going? Fog Bowl, I remember quite well. Quite well. I, uh, had, oh, I, I had a big play on the over in that game. And if you remember, first quarter, because those were two of the best defenses in the league and the total was so low, I said, they're going to come out and throw the football, catch <laughs> the other team off guard. And they did. There was like 14 points right away. And then that fog just rolled in and sat its fat ass right on the field for the rest of the game. That still, could, yeah, that still remains the most incredible thing that's ever happened to me. Like, it's almost hard to believe that it happened. And for, for those who weren't, like, of an age where they can remember that game, you couldn't see a thing. It was incredible. Never seen never anything before that or since. The weirdest thing ever. It was like in the second quarter where it happened, when they came back from break and all of a sudden they came back. There was no visibility at that point. Side note to that game, because I, you know, I had a big play on that game and lost. Uh, it was like five or six days later at uh, Meadows, my racetrack at home. My mare was racing in the Philly and mare open. She would have went off that night like at three to five, <laughs> just a jiggy, you know, jiggy jog. She was so sharp at the time and she was racing for you know a ten thousand dollar purse that night about 45 minutes before her race same thing happened at the meadows this fog came in and laid right in the infield because the meadows racetrack has a you know a cut out infield i mean it's it's a gully and uh it just laid there they canceled the races when they cancel the races, you get a $200 consolation because, you know, you traveled to oh, horse and stuff. There yeah. you go. So, yeah. So instead of 10000 I got 200 So And all of my buddies were texting me laughing their ass off, you know, <laughs> that, uh, you know, hey, I'm fog uh, twice in seven days. Yeah. F you guys. That's yeah. the buddies I have. <laughs> but on a side note to this one with Chicago, the Nick Foles story, I agree with you 100%, uh, Gil. I think the, um, the magical run in the love of Nick Foles ends – Real quick, when they face a defense that is the nastiest defense that we have in the NFL, when Khalil Mack comes, you know, and puts the pressure on him, look at the teams that Philadelphia has done this against. Uh, no offense, but, you know, they've won five games in their last six, okay? Three of those wins were against the Giants and the Washington Redskins twice. And in fairness to the Redskins, they didn't have any players left, okay? Right. Uh, th this was a team that had nothing left. So they beat a Rams team that came in off of um, their biggest game of the year, that Sunday night game against the Bears. We talk about it in the uh, in college football, you know, the Dream Crusher game, because the Rams wanted home field advantage. When they lost that game, home field advantage was gone. You know, they were playing for the number two seat. And then that was the week that Carson Wentz is out. So you think, okay, now we're going to face the backup quarterback. We just got to show up and we're going to win. Remember that line jumped four points from nine, nine, nine and a half to 13 and a half. It got as high in that game. And Philadelphia took it to them. And then they beat a Houston team that, you know, Houston went up and down the field as well. It was a 32-30 game. So what about that defense? My only concern of why I'm not snapping the rubber bands on Chicago, I'm on Chicago, but this is uh, Trubisky's first playoff game. And just like with Lamar Jackson, I didn't mention that whenever we did that game. You know, we don't know how these guys are going to react with the pressure, especially being at home and being a favorite. You're, you know, it puts more pressure on the young quarterbacks. But this is a defense that you're not going to run the football on the Bears. And if Foles has to do it all with his arm, 
You know, two games ago against Houston, he threw the football 50 times. If he has to throw the football 50 times in this game, they're going to get blown out. I'll tell you that right now, double digits, because there will be turnovers. I got Chicago. Um, like I said, I'd love to make it bigger, but uh, my only concern is Trubisky, but I still have Chicago. Yeah, Bears have won 9 of 10. Uh, in fairness, Eagles did uh, hold the Redskins to 89 yards of total offense, but as you say, that's the Redskins on their fourth-string quarterback, and read into that what you will. Marco, you got to run, so before you go, answer this question real quick. If you're forced to bet sides here, the game you're most confident in, the game you want no part of of the four? Uh the most confident for me, I'm actually going to say the Dallas Cowboys. Okay. And the one that maybe I would be the least confident in at this point is the Chargers because they're either going to win and you know and, and win comfortably, or this gimmick offense of Baltimore is going to you know bite me in the ass one more time. Uh, so that's where I'm at. But uh, you know. I do like the games. You know, if we were doing this and say, is there no game that I want absolutely no part of? I don't say that because I think there's some kind of value in every one of these games, whether you're doing it, taking it away from the ATS or not, and using other methods, such as the teaser and the Charger game. All right. Marco, appreciate it, man. Thank you. Hey, thank you. Good luck, guys. Marco D'Angelo. Got stuff to do, Ace. He's got stuff to do. He's going places. Imagine that. All right. Marco hasn't hung up yet, so he's listening to us talk. He's like, "Is he going to? Are they going to talk more shit about me?" <laughs> All right, Ace, what do you think about this Philly at Chicago? Yeah, I actually I like Chicago here. It was funny. Um, on on Sunday, it, as they were playing, the NFL games were ending, and um, there was a talk on Twitter what the lines are going to be. And, and Jason McIntyre tweets um, Jason Symbol of Canner and says, "Yeah, I think Chicago is going to be three and a half. Oh, no. Against Philly. What oh, do you think? Yeah. And I ch- I tweeted in. I said, if they throw out three and a half, I could promise you my guys are betting it up to six. Like, just power rating a- a- alone, they're going to jump on-, on Chicago. You know, even blindly, just the numbers value is going to be there, not even handicapping the matchup. Um, and-, and I wasn't surprised to see the six. I still think it's too low, to be honest with you. I, I think if you factor in home field advantage, the line should be over a touchdown. Um, and I also want to say something real quick about teasers. You know, I, people say, what's a good bet? What's a sucker bet? The, the truth is, I always say this. You want to know what's a good bet, where the books are most vulnerable, just ask the betting limits. That's all you got to do. If they're not willing to take a bet, they're not too confident. Um, and the one thing you notice in the playoffs, they're in no rush to take teaser bets. In fact, when it comes down to the, the championship weekend, those books that are willing to take a $5,000 two-team teaser during the regular season – will take a nickel from you, mm-hmm. 10 times less on championship weekend, because they believe that the true odds are much greater than the house edge come that far. Um, so, I mean, any time a, a book is worried about taking a bet, you, don't be afraid to exploit it by thinking, oh, you know, there's always that rule, this is always a sucker bet, because nothing could be further from the truth. And again, I, if this was over a touchdown, Chicago would be an automatic tease. At this point, I, I think even... Personally, I don't have a problem laying it, but I saw the money line at minus 240, 250. To me, that's a steal. Your break-even is like 72% they have to win straight on. And I think their probability is much greater than that. I mean, this is a one-loss team at home against a 50-50 team of Philadelphia on the road that's just decimated. I mean, you look at their backfield for weeks now. They don't even know who's going to be back there. They use three different backs and two of them I've never even seen before. And then you look at Trubinsky, I think he's going to be just fine. I, I kind of disagree with, with Mark on that point. I think you want to play at home. I think the pressure is less in the playoffs than having to travel on the road and hostile, you know, where, where they're, you're, you're in the red zone and the fans are going nuts and you can't call the count or, or audible. I just think there's a lot of advantages to playing at home, even if you're a young guy. And with Trubinsky, here's what I love the most about him, how he distributes the football. Allen Robertson targeted 19% of the time. Gabriel, 18% of the time. Cohen, 16% of the time. Burton, 16% of the time. Miller, 11% of the time. You don't know who's getting the football. You can't just double up one guy. I mean, he just spreads it around. So, I mean, this is a very dangerous team. In fact, I think Chicago is the third best team in the NFL right now. The only teams I would make favorite over Chicago in a neutral field are obviously the Saints and the Rams. 
That's it. Honestly, and has no bias at all. Even against Kansas City, I think Chicago's a one-point favorite on a neutral um, against either Kansas City or New England, which I have pretty close to each other. Um, uh, so for me, I, I like Chicago here. Uh, I don't think the six is a problem. You know, I always fear back doors always. But, um, again, I, I think Chicago should win this game pillar to post. And, uh, exploit, uh, I mean, Foles, I don't see Foles having a good game against this defense. I agree there as well. Yeah, I don't so either. Give me Chicago. Uh, so if you had to, uh, same question that I asked Marco of you, the game that you feel most confident on, ATS, the one least confident? Houston-Indianapolis is the least. I really don't even have an opinion on, on the game to have any confidence on it. Um, my most confident, I actually like Baltimore, man. And even wow. though that, based on my lines, that, that's not it. Based on my lines, the, the, the greatest line value is actually the, the Chicago and then Seattle. Um, but I just like how this game sets up for Baltimore. I like the matchup for Baltimore. I like that they're playing at home. Um, I liked how undervalued the market sees this team in the playoffs, and I like how high the stock is on the Chargers coming in. I mean, it, to me, it just sets up nicely. And the fact this line's going up to two and a half instead of moving the other way is a little telling sign. Uh, again, I, I like Baltimore as my, I think right now is my best bet. Again, I haven't bet it, thrown it out there, but that's it. It's an unfair question, though, I will admit, because, again, for me, and I'll just be honest, teasing, dogs, and money-lining Chicago, and if people think that that is square, I simply say to you, you're the square one if you think that's square. Yeah, not, catching not tickets me. ain't square, dude. Um, <laughs> yeah. Same question, then, closing out. Greg Dieter at Profitable, uh, P-R-O-P-H-I-T-A-B-L-E was his uh, handle in the Score-X Beating the Book contest. Greg, I hope it was a uh, pleasant enough experience for you. I hope it was worth the joy of your entire season. I know that you were doing it for the competition, not just being on the show. But same question for you. Uh, the most confident ATS here in the least of the four games. Uh, so for the least, yeah, I'm with Ace. The Colts-Texans, I mean, that is just a coin flip game. Uh, we'll see how it goes with the Andrew Luck-driven Colts. I think they've kind of overperformed uh, throughout the season here which is it's good for them, but we'll see how this one game plays out. So that's the game I'd probably have the least confidence in picking and uh, most confidence. I would go with the Bears. Uh, again, the line is a little touchy here, but if we are talking about money line or, or a team that we have confidence in, in taking the win, the, the Bears at home I think is a good play. And absolutely, this was a pleasure. Um, really excited to be on the Megapod. So thank you to Gil, Marco, Ace. You know, all those people involved over at the ScoreX for putting on a great competition. Uh, the contest is a lot of fun, bringing that market aspect to the NFL season as a whole dimension to my weeks. And, and hopefully we get some more activity next year. If it's still going on, we get some more people from the, uh, the Megapod listeners to, to sign up. I think I'm in about 13th place right now. Maybe we can get somebody in the top 10 or the top 5. Wow, you're 13th place in the overall pool. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, to be honest, I was a little disheartened earlier in the season seeing the standings, uh, but then when you came and updated the, the Megapod standings, it was a little different, so that kind of gave me a second wind. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm in, I think I'm in 13th place right now. 13th place, and that goes through the playoffs, through the Super Bowl. First prize, $5,000. We'll be rooting for you. I'll keep an eye on that, and I'll actually post those standings and see where you uh, fall into the mix in there. Greg, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for spending the time, man, and congratulations again. Thank you. Definitely appreciate it here. You guys are the best. Thank you, man. Ace, thank you. Thanks to Marco. Good luck to everybody with all your Wild Card Week bets. And thank you so much for listening. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening 
why and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.